Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another podcast. We are one delivery away from finishing this first T20 between Pakistan and South Africa. South Africa require a six of the final delivery, and I'm gonna let the commentary team. This is live right now. I'm gonna let the commentary team of Simon Duell and Bazit Khan let you know how this first T20 finishes. And then we'll do a little podcast. This is exciting. What a great start to the series. Can Bjorn Fortain find the middle of the bat, find the boundary? Square leg, mid wicket, mid on, or long on and long off on the boundary with a deep extra cover. He wants a change here. Is Rizwan and Mohammad Rizwan making some changes? Making some last-minute decisions. Baz, Barbarazim at the boundary. And here comes Fahim Ashraf. Here's Simon Duell and Barbarazim. Oh, it's probably there. It'll go in towards the gap on the leg side. End up being a couple, and Pakistan managed to defend. 169, and they take the spoils in the first of three T20 internationals. Really cracking affair here tonight in Lahore to start the series off. They've won by just three runs, but we've seen a very good game and a young, inexperienced for the most part South African side have pushed Pakistan all the way. And that is basically as true as it gets. A young and an experienced South African side. Uh, missing a lot of their star players, star players um, have pushed Pakistan right to the limit in this first T20, uh, just coming short of three runs, and Pakistan will take game number one. Uh, what a great start to this T20 series. I think I was hoping for a little bit of this. Uh, I knew that it would, might have potentially being one-sided because this is a, a well-balanced Pakistan squad and again it's an inexperienced South African side and so on paper it looked like Pakistan might easily get by the South African team but as we have all just witnessed what a great start what a great start to this series and if all three matches are played to this kind of intensity Oh, it's going to be an interesting next couple of days. So let's get the podcast started. This is the Pakistani Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Heather. And Pakistan have just won the first T20 against South Africa. How about that? Hello everyone and welcome to another podcast. This is the Pakistani Cricket Podcast and as you just heard, Pakistan just, just, just sneaking by South Africa in the first T20. Uh, Simon Duell and Bajit Khan bringing that one home. Um, just by a couple of runs that they get to sneak by Pakistan and but they do take the 1-0 series lead, best of three, of course. Uh, the next two T20s going to be playing on Saturday and Sunday. So, 
a lot at stake here. Uh, I feel like, you know, we, we called for a very close series uh, and hoping for, for that. And obviously that has happened and uh, we've got a good series on the line and hopefully come Saturday and Sunday, we get to see two thrilling matches back to back to try to find out who wins the series. So after Sunday, of course, South Africa goes back home. Uh, Pakistan will play in the Pakistan Super League, which I am hotly anticipating. Um, and then following the PSO, Big, big breaking news here. South Africa have invited Pakistan to South Africa um, to try to play a series in the hopes of recuperating the losses that South Africa have uh, faced at the hands of Cricket Australia. Cricket Australia obviously was going to play South Africa, but they have decided to abandon the tour because of COVID-19 issues. And so South Africa are... uh, obviously looking for some sort of content uh, in their international calendar and so they have graciously asked Pakistan to come in and Pakistan has graciously accepted and so after the PSL Pakistan will be going to South Africa there will be three one-day internationals and then initially three T20s but they have added once uh, one more to it so now we have three one-days and four T20s um, that will be happening right after the PSL. That will be in April. Uh, so looking forward to that, a little return leg uh, between Pakistan and South Africa. It's going to be a limited series, uh, but it's going to be um, a real treat to watch. You know, just as Pakistan have dominated South Africa here in Pakistan, look for a, a complete reversal of fortune, I would say, for South Africa because South African conditions are... Uh, very different to the South Asian standard pitches and so it's going to be a whole lot of of a difference uh, between these two teams come April but before we get into that let's get into the first T20 Pakistan batting first uh, putting up 169 for six and that was led by the ferocious Muhammad Rizwan um, who put up a beautiful century, um, 104 not out from 64 deliveries, uh, basically batted right from the get-go, opening batsman uh, right till the end, and he was the sole reason Pakistan put up any any opportunity of, of a fight because um, everyone else kind of failed. Babar Azam uh, got run out uh, very quickly, uh, in the first over, um, just a second ball, I believe. Um, and so he got out on a duck. Heather Ali showed a little bit of promise, um, played some magnificent strikes, a um, few sixes, three sixes, uh, before he eventually got out to Pelacuello as well. And then Hossein Talat, the same story, um, showed promise, showed a little bit of uh, power in his uh, stroke ability but uh, playing a rash shot, getting caught behind by the captain and the wicketkeeper Klassen uh, to Shamsi. And then if the Ahmad just not able to get going at all, to be honest. And once again, um, included in the squad for what reason, I will never know. Um, you have an amazing amount of talent in this T20 team. And I really, really, really hope that come Saturday, 
they take out if the car ended. I I don't think he is um, international cricket material. Uh, he he had one good domestic season. Pakistan brought him in. He had a couple of good games where he had a good strike rate, and all of a sudden, he's this untouchable player in the middle order, which I don't agree with at all. Um, he was never good. Uh, had a couple of lucky streaks, uh, which he rode to his fortune. Um, but he definitely, in my opinion, does not deserve to be in the international side. Um, that's something we can get into as well down the road. I really hope that he's not included in the second and third T20. <clears throat> but of course, Pakistan won, and so why change a side that wins? Uh, so if the car Ahmed anywho got out uh, for four runs from eight deliveries, Kushtil Shah came in, um, played a beautiful um, shot for six, and then got out 12 from 12. Fahim Ashraf uh, couldn't really get going, uh, albeit he came in towards the end um, when he had to really put his foot on the gas right from the get-go. Uh, wasn't able to get much going as well. And then Mohammed uh, Nawaz, uh, not out on three, but obviously the major story was Mohammed Rizwan and um, just beautifully paced innings to be honest uh, from the first 31 deliveries. I believe uh, he only had uh, 28 runs and then uh, He got to his 50 on the 36 delivery. So once he got settled in <clears throat> and once he was able to uh, basically put his foot down and realized that okay now is my time to shine uh, he got comfortable with the bowlers as well as the pitch and, and what the pitch was able to do uh, then he started playing more of an aggressive game and he picked it up beautifully uh, and played some magnificent stroke plays the pick of the shots really to be honest was a wonderful little flick shot uh, down to deep uh, square leg um, and <clears throat> it was one of those shots where it, it just looks effortless. All it was was a ball that was pitched down leg. Uh, it looked like it was going to go down leg. And all Rizwan did was just using his wrist, just flicked it. And it was wonderfully executed for six. Um, great, great uh, shot selection from Rizwan throughout the match. Seven sixes and six fours. So Mohamed Rizwan really got going towards the end there. And then once he did start with his aggressive stroke play, usually what happens is you try to level it out and you try to um, you know, play a few aggressive strikes, but at the same time, keep it to natural cricketing shots as well, which is exactly what he did. He didn't get too ahead of himself. You know, He started off slowly, but once he started picking it up, he played the shots that he needed to, which he thought were looseners. And so really gave it his all on those shots. But the deliveries that were perfect to a batsman in that position, he was able to defend and or play or execute the shot for a single or two runs. So he wasn't overly foxed too many times. Um, he was able to get to the pitch of the deliveries and usually strike them cleanly. Uh, but for the one or two occasions where he was potentially beaten by good delivery, um, he didn't let that stop him from getting into a shell, but rather kept at it. Um, aggressive stroke play, 
and really was the reason why Pakistan even got close to 169 because like I said uh, if it wasn't for Rizwan's 104 Pakistan probably would have been uh, I don't know uh, probably 115 120 runs perhaps if Rizwan got a little bit of a score and not a century but I mean it's one of those things you know um, that you know a, a team plays to their strengths and you know one person needs to ride their luck and that's exactly what Rizwan did um, he got dropped a couple of times towards the end there, one off Junior Dalla, and then the second, I believe, was off Fortune. Um, but again, uh, towards the end, um, he had already gotten the century, and so it wasn't too big of a loss. But good strike rate, uh, again, 162 strike rate, so again, that's a 104, not out from 64 deliveries. Beautiful T20 innings. Um, and really set the uh, set the level for Pakistan in the first inning. Pakistan has <clears throat> an 84% success rate when they bat first, and they're defending a total of more than 150. So Pakistan have a very, very, very good uh, record of defending their totals above 150, and so. That was the big psychological number, really. Uh, the average first inning score at Gaddafi Stadium in Lahore is 154, and so they obviously passed that as well. So on, under all aspects, really, Pakistan uh, really played a good hand. And um, in terms of averages and in terms of stats, everything looked as if it was going to go Pakistan's way. That is, of course, until South Africa began their chase, and it was a very, very good start. And who started that? Janeman Malan. He played an extraordinary knock right from the get-go, 44 from 29. Um, had most of the uh, strike rate and had most of the uh, balls that he was facing. Him and Reza Hendricks uh, gave a solid platform to South Africa. But again, the same story that we've always um, heard from South Africa, starting off well and then kind of faltered throughout the innings and then just collapsed towards the end. And that is somewhat of what happened for South Africa uh, in this T20. So let's go through their innings. Again, Janeman, Milan, and Riza Hendricks starting off uh, opening batsmen. Really good partnership at the top there before Osman Qadr came in and just pulled beautifully. He was the pick of the bowlers for Pakistan in his four overs. He gave up 21 runs for two wickets. It seems like a lot, but the, uh, <clears throat> the final spell, or the final over or so, he gave up most of his runs. So uh, in terms of bowling, for those three overs that he bowled, I believe he only gave up 11 runs in his three overs. So, uh, good job to him, Osman Qadr, obviously son of Abdul Qadr, and he was quite the bowler uh, himself in his heyday. So, uh, obviously, Osman Qadr following in his dad's footsteps, uh, superb bowling, um, foxing the batsman, and that's exactly what he did with uh, Jenaman Malan. Uh, and it was a huge breakthrough for Pakistan because South Africa were cruising at 53 for no loss in <clears throat> just under seven overs. So it was obviously a huge wicket at the time. And it looked like South Africa 
although a little bit slower in terms of the run rate, they were able to pick it up, and especially with no wickets, uh, sorry, no wickets lost, they had the ability with David Miller to come, as well as uh, Jacques Nyman uh, and and the captain Heinrich Klassen, they had the ability to start hitting out towards the end. So <clears throat> it was crucial for Pakistan to get that breakthrough when they did. Um, South Africa lost that first wicket at 53. And then after that, it was kind of a regular interval wicket um, that Pakistan was able to get. Um, next up was Jacques Snyman and David Miller. Uh, both getting out cheaply and both highly touted batsmen. Of course, we all know David Miller um, almost has 200 T20s to his name, one of the most experienced batsmen in the South African lineup. Um, and so he was definitely going to be highly regarded um, to be one of the batsmen to look out for in this tour. He was going to be the man that South Africa were going to lean towards and, and really hope that if he gets going, he obviously has the expertise and the knowledge and the class that he can really steer in innings if he gets going. Uh, and if he gets going when they're batting first, then watch out because South Africa can pose a really imposing total on the opposition. Anywho, so David Miller got out, so did Jacques Nyman who is also a younger batsman, uh, highly touted in the South Africa domestic circuit uh, at 26 years old. Uh, a man that Mark Boucher has repeatedly said is going to be the future of South African cricket. We were not able to see that uh, today, uh, obviously getting out cheaply there uh, for just two runs. But again, a brilliant delivery from uh, from uh, Osman Kader bowling him too. And... Uh, that's just one of those things where you're you're highly touted as this huge batsman, as this batsman with a lot of skill and class, but then you face a bowler who he himself is regarded as you know one of the one of the better bowlers that Pakistan has in the circuit right now, and all of a sudden it's a showdown between the best and the best. And uh, Osman Kader obviously was getting a lot of turn and bounce and. Um, was able to outfox Jacques Nyman this time around, but we'll see if perhaps Jacques will get the better of Usman and the Pakistani bowlers in the second T20. So anywho, Jacques Nyman got out 61 for two. David Miller came in 83 for three. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of a gap, and that's simply because Riza Hendricks got going. And uh, once David Miller came in um, at 61 for two, it looked like there was a couple of overs there where the run rate had dropped a little bit. And so Riza Hendricks started picking it up just a little bit, um, started playing some good shots, uh, a couple of good cover shots to the boundary, um, and was trying to keep the run rate up and uh, was doing pretty good. Uh, David Miller then got out uh, for six runs. Uh, and at that point, it was 83 for three. Then we got to Heinrich Klassen, and he took a little bit of uh, time to get going <clears throat> and um, really gave all of the opportunity to Riza Hendricks to just keep on going, made a beautiful half century, and then got out to just share brilliance from Mohamed Rizwan 
Man, Mohamed Rizwan was really having uh, a really good game. Uh, followed up the century with some wonderful wicket-keeping uh, and helped Babarazim with a field placement as well. And then, really, the moment of the game was when, uh, I believe it was uh, Shaheen Shah, who was bowling to Risa Hendricks, a uh, little yoker on the leg stump, played beautifully by Riza, but then he lost sight of where the ball was, and so he danced down the pitch a little bit. Uh, Heinrich Klassen told him, nah man, you gotta go back. Uh, the ball is right next to you. Obviously, that's what I'm thinking was said. You can't really hear anything. Um, but Riza Hendricks was just lost. He, he was almost as if he had no idea what was going on, and so he came down the pitch again, and then he looked up to Heinrich, who was saying, no, get back, get back. And before he could get back, Mohamed Rizwan, so effortless, he came down, uh, picked up the ball, and in one swinging motion, dived full length towards the stumps, knocked them out of their groove, and um, just an unbelievable piece of fielding to run out Riza Hendricks. And uh, Hendricks, too, made a full dive back into the crease, just, just short of the mark there and um, that was really the turning point because Riza Hendricks was, had just made his 50, he was just starting to play that anchor roles and he was going to be counted on um, but uh, at that moment Mohamed Rizwan said nope I'm going to end this right now and that he did, Riza Hendricks 54 from 42 and at that point um, it was 134 for five, um, and uh, it was really essentially all over from there. Heinrich Klassen had gotten out as well to a beautiful delivery from Harish Rauf. Hossein Talit at the boundary did not have to move. Uh, beautiful pull shot from Heinrich Klassen, wonderfully hit, but again, straight to that fielder, Hossein Talit. Uh, Andale Alakweo came in, played a couple of good strokes, but he too got out to Horace Rauf uh, in the deep. And then you had Dwayne Pretorius and Bjorn Fontaine who came in. Bjorn Fontaine looked like he might have rolled his ankle um, while he was running between the wickets. Uh, that caused a little bit of an issue, a little bit of a scare for South Africa for sure. But towards the end, against Horace Rauf and Shaheen Shafidi, when there were uh, runs needed, he was able to bat beautifully, uh, had some lucky shots to be honest, there was one from Shaheen Shah, uh, bowled beautifully, another Yorker right on middle and off, um, and really Bjorn Fontaine, all he essentially did was just put his bat down, um, and that trickled away to the third man boundary for four, so uh, very unlucky for Shaheen Shah not to get the wicket, but at the same time, just one of those plays. Um, you hope for the best, really. You put the bat down in, in, in the hopes of not getting out, but at the same time, it took the edge uh, down to third man for that boundary. And then the final over went to Fahim Ashraf, and um, it was a very dicey over from Fahim Ashraf, obviously. Um, he was able to hang on to his nerves, um, and he was not able to... Basically, there was uh, nine runs needed, sorry, ten runs needed off the final two deliveries, uh, a bound, sorry, a six off the second last delivery, and so a four was needed 
uh, to win the game. Sorry, the other way around. A four was hit off the second last delivery. I'm so sorry. And then a six was needed off the final delivery. Um, and they only got three runs. Beautiful delivery. Um, a little bit on the leg channel. Um, and it was Pretorius who tried to swing it away. Didn't muster too much of, uh, of carry on it. Um, dropped a couple of bounces short of Barbarazum at the uh, deep boundary there. Um, made an acrobatic kind of save uh, from the boundary and was able to bring it back in for just three runs and so Pakistan won by three runs. That is the state of the first T20 and of course the second T20 coming up on Saturday. It is going to be a very exciting time for Pakistan because like we said this is one of those things we were all expecting a little bit of a one-sided affair uh, in this series, simply because a lot of the South African international stars had gone back to South Africa in the anticipation of getting ready for the Australia tour. Uh, obviously, that got cancelled. Just a whole bunch of um, inconveniences here, really, for South Africa. So they were not able to um, bring their players back in time. And, of course, they had to play a little bit of a less experienced squad. So again, we, we all assumed that it was going to be a one-sided affair, but this inexperienced South African side has shown that they will definitely bring it on Saturday and Sunday as well. They'll go in with a little bit of confidence. Yes, they lost, but they only lost by a couple, a few runs, three runs. And so <clears throat> they will be hoping for a better result come Saturday. They'll be hoping that a few of their players are able to get going, uh, including Mishak Snyman and David Miller. And if they are able to, then uh, really watch out Pakistan, because if Miller gets going, he can really turn things on its head. So in anticipation of Saturday, it's going to be a good match. Um, and then Sunday, of course, will be the finale. So back-to-back T20s over the weekend. It's going to be a fun time. And we will talk to you on Saturday uh, in a review of the second T20. Thank you so much for joining. This was the Pakistani Cricket Podcast. The first T20 Pakistan just sneaking through by three runs. I'm your host, Heather. And until Saturday, goodbye. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Pakistan Cricket Podcast. I'm your host Heather and I just wanted to quickly mention that this podcast is solely brought to you by Anchor by Spotify. Anchor is a free platform that allows you to create your very own podcast. You can add music, you can add other people, you can add voice recordings and so much more. Anchor is a great app that allows you to make professional sounding podcasts on your own. I'd like to thank them for helping me create this and for also distributing this podcast across several platforms, including Anchor itself, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and of course, Spotify. I wanted to also thank all the viewers from across the world listening in to this specific podcast. We've got viewership from Canada, the UK, Pakistan, India, the UAE, Australia, the United States, New Zealand, Germany, South Africa, and newly France and Malaysia. 
So thank you to all the worldwide listeners uh, listening to my podcast, which started off as a dream, just talking about cricket, and uh, we're slowly developing it into something much, much more. With your help, it'll get there. This is the Pakistan Cricket Podcast. Check out my new episode and check out further episodes coming out soon.